and welcome to episode number 16 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. And you can also email us at randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. I am Darren O'Neill, your host. Episode 16, Random Thoughts podcast. We're talking about celebrity today. Why? Well, why not? Watching everything going on after this, uh, we're in the post-election phase right now, just a few days after the midterm elections here in 2018, and people are losing their shit. So, you know, I wanted to take a look at something a little bit different because politics will drive you nuts. So I uh, was listening to the Beatles today, and of course, that got me thinking about the Beach Boys, because if you've ever heard the White Album was just released, if you're a Beatles fan at all. And if if you're familiar with the song back in the USSR, there is a strong nod to the Beach Boys in that song. And that's kind of where we wound up with this, because this is one of my favorite stories from my childhood. And this kind of goes along with celebrity. And it was something that we look at now where celebrity is a bit of a different thing than when I was 10 years old back in 1980, because nobody had cell phones then. Social media, of course, didn't exist. There was no internet, so you had no Facebook, you had no Twitter. If you wanted to tell your friends something exciting that happened, you actually had to, holy crap, talk to your friends. Tell them what happened. You couldn't go post it on your Twitter feed. You couldn't go and put it on your Facebook page. You know, unless you were sending out, that's why I think these brag letters came about, you know, when you're uh, a lot of a lot of the moms in the age uh, back you know, in the eighties or so they would send out these brag letters around the holidays. Sure. You know, they sent a card with it, tried to be nice, but that was the early social media. And I wonder this event that happened to me in 1980, how it would have been different if I had a cell phone of one of these kids now that's always looking at the cell phone, really unaware of anything that's going on around them because I could have just been sitting in my room And this would have never happened, although some people may make the case that this was a bad parenting decision because as a 10 year old, we went to go see the Beach Boys. I was a big Beach Boys fan. Let's back this up a little bit and convince my parents to go take me to see the Beach Boys. They were at a hotel uh, about a half hour or so away in Indiana, which just the place had one of these they back. I think they still have them, you know, holodomes. Holiday Inn kind of made it famous, but other, you know, hotels kind of came along and grabbed onto the thing where you had the big inside pool, you know, whole big fun area. Because when you're living in the Midwest, I mean, there's not a whole lot of pool weather in the winter. So the Holodome kind of made up for that. And that was where the concert venue was attached to. So we went to go see the Beach Boys, stayed overnight. And the next morning, because again, there was nothing to do. I got up first put on my Beach Boys t-shirt, and I wanted to go down to the arcade. The arcade wasn't even open yet, but, you know, I remembered there was a bar there, bar area. It's not a bar. I mean, when I said, if I would say I walked into a bar, that would kind of have a, a whole weird vibe to it. But I walked into the open air bar area right next to adjacent to the pool. So in that area, they had a couple of these Pac-Man machines. If you remember the 80s, if you were around for the 80s, you remember these upstanding Pac-Man machines, sure, but you may also remember if you walked into a bar at that time, they also had machines because they realized people wanted to sit down. So they decided they made some machines, which were basically tables, and the glass on the table underneath was the screen, and you could play 
across from each other. Two people could play and uh, the screen would flip around between your different turns, depending on the arcade game that you were playing. I was playing Pac-Man. This was maybe 730 in the morning, the, uh, the morning after the concert. And I'm sitting there and I'm playing Pac-Man and I'm looking down and you mean you remember the Pac-Man sounds, right? So I'm sitting there kind of engrossed in the Pac-Man game. And now this, a kid today, you wouldn't even have to leave the room because you would have your iPad or your phone and you'd be sitting there playing, you know, Fortnite or whatever you want to play right on your phone. So you would have never been going out in the world to, you know, look for something to do. But I was there playing Pac-Man on the tabletop machine and a guy sits down across from me, puts down a stack of quarters that was probably, you know, uh, if I had to guess about five bucks worth of quarters and asks if he can play. I'm still looking down playing Pac-Man. I'm like, sure, no problem. I look up Brian Johnston of the Beach Boys, keyboard player, great songwriter in his own right, sits down across from me. We start playing Pac-Man. He's like, hey, did you enjoy the concert? <laughs> Hell yeah, I did. And it was great. It was a lot of fun. I couldn't tell you much of the conversation because, you know, that was my 10-year-old brain. But I was really excited that I was playing Pac-Man with the guy from the Beach Boys. And a bunch of the other Beach Boys came up to get him because, you know, you can't play Pac-Man all day. There were other tour stops to go on. And so they then exited stage right. And he left me with a bunch of quarters to play Pac-Man. Really cool guy. The story didn't exactly stop there because I kind of felt, well, one, bad that I didn't have anything to get autographed because I was just going down to play Pac-Man and didn't realize I should be carrying, you know, a Beach Boys album or something. And I also felt bad that he gave me a bunch of quarters and I beat him at Pac-Man. So I thought it would be a good idea at 10 years old, of course. I was being nice. I picked up, which I already had one of these little booklets on how to play Pac-Man, which was maybe like a $3, you know, it was about the size of maybe what a comic book is today, a little book on how to win at Pac-Man. I sent that to the, uh, his record label and said, Hey, you know, thanks for the quarters. It was fun playing. I really appreciate it here. Maybe you can, uh, you know, pick up some tips, you know, for the next Pac-Man match. And he sent me back an autographed Beach Boys Greatest Hits, uh, which I still have today. Uh, Brian Johnston, all the best. And I mean, that was a huge moment for me. That was my first really face to face with celebrity, if you will. And that came at 10 years old. And I realized pretty quickly that even though, you know, this was the guy, you know, not the lead Beach Boy guy, but still he's pretty damn good, if, at least in my estimation great songwriter, like I said, and, you know, to me, a very down-to-earth guy, enjoyed playing Pac-Man, was a really nice guy, was fun to talk to, sent me an autographed album back. This was celebrity, right? Everybody's going to be this nice from here on out, and it's pretty much all been downhill from there, but no, not entirely, because I've run into a decent amount of people that are considered celebrities. And what I've realized is that they're really no different than everybody else. Some are really, really nice and some are total douchebags. And that's just the way it is. No matter who you run into, you could run into some plumbers that are really nice guys and you're going to run into some plumbers that are absolute total douchebags. It's just the luck of the draw. So the Beach Boys kind of sent me off there. 
on. And I think it really helped in a weird kind of way to not be intimidated when meeting celebrities. Because I've been around enough people, again, where you see them doing a meet and greet or something like that when they get to meet a singer or, you know, even a, uh, you know, somebody that plays, you know, whoever their favorite athlete is or whatnot. And they totally freeze up and and it's kind of cute in a way, but then they regret it later because it's like, oh, I wanted to tell them this, this and this. And you don't want to be the chatty Kathy, obviously, although if you're a podcaster, maybe you are. But, you know, for me, it, it was never seemed to be a big deal. I, I really don't think I've ever had a moment to where I was speechless when meeting a celebrity. And I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I think there are a small list of people that I could meet that would make me kind of just really, you know, at least maybe skip a beat or so to process what was going on. Paul McCartney would definitely be on that list. Bruce Springsteen, Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits, those kind of guys I think would do it. But, you know, otherwise than that, not really, you have, I guess it's a mindset because I just don't really see them as being any different than me or you, they just have a really cool job or maybe, you know, a billion dollars because a lot of times their job has made them, you know, a lot of money. Now I've worked in the country music industry for a while, doing some websites, ran a couple of fan clubs. And the interesting thing to me is that it almost without fail, the bigger the star is usually the nicer they are. And a lot of times it's the, you know, that douchebag category are the people that are further down the line and maybe trying to make it. And of course they put on the good face, but you know, behind closed doors, maybe not so nice. My wife and I were at a concert and we were standing backstage and this was a few different people on the bill. And it was interesting to see, cause we were kind of standing in an area that uh, nobody else was standing at. We were waiting for somebody but we were standing backstage outside of one of the one of the dressing rooms, one of the you know green rooms, whatever you want to call where they were getting ready. And a couple of people had walked by a couple of lesser artists had walked by and were looking straight down at the floor. Didn't want to make eye contact, didn't want to even acknowledge that my wife and I were standing there and then coming down the hallway at the time and still one of the biggest country music stars around, television star, um, author, I believe. I mean, I think she's pretty much done everything. Reba McIntyre comes walking down the hallway and, you know, I look up and she's probably still about 10, 15 feet away. She looks right at us. And before we even have a chance to say anything, Reba, if you, Hey, how you doing? Greets us, asks us what's going on. If we're enjoying the show, you know, just made small talk for probably about two minutes before she just walked away. Now, that to me, you know, it kind of blew my mind because, again, you have those mis you have those misconceptions in your mind that it's like, well, these other smaller artists don't want to be bothered and they're big stars. Right. And then here comes Reba, the biggest star of all and was absolutely super nice, super friendly, super inviting to uh, to to be approached. And as, as she was walking away, the, the tour manager of the artist that I was working for at the time came out, kind of jumped out from behind a door and like scared her. And she looked at him and laughed and she's just like, you know, Mark, 
I'm going to get you back. And then she was off. But I just thought that was absolutely, absolutely cool. You know, her whole attitude, the fact that she was the biggest star on the bill, but probably had the smallest ego, an amazing thing. I also, again, have run into a bunch of people in country music, uh, and I've heard from people who are in the know. One of the people I used to work with is now one of the two women that run Garth Brooks tour and never hear a bad thing about Garth Brooks. He is one of the nicest, most down to earth, genuine guys out there. And the other guy that I heard that about is Kid Rock, that when you meet Kid Rock, nicest guy, down to earth, soft spoken, quiet, which is interesting because, you know, if you see Kid Rock's persona, it's totally different than that. Right. You know, again, you have that. You have that character in mind, and I guess you, a lot of people miss out, and I'm one of those people, and not miss out. You kind of misconstrue, and you forget the difference between a public persona for somebody like Kid Rock and the private persona, because there are two different people. There's no doubt about it. There's a public image, and I think we all have that, right? Because now we have social media where you're trying to put your best face forward. I'm here doing a podcast. You're usually trying not to make yourself look like an ass, right? And I keep saying right, and that make that may be making me sound like an ass, so I'll try to stop that. But we have that public persona, and it's different now because we never had that before. So we're all kind of playing in a game. And it's, I don't know if you're trying to be a celebrity, but if you're on Twitter and you're posting things, you're on Instagram and you're posting things, there's a lot of people that are definitely aiming for the celebrity aspect of it. And I think that's really kind of sad because it's not really a thing you should aspire to. I understand wanting to be good at your craft. If you want to tell stories and you get popular for that, great. If you're a great singer and you get popular for that, great. I mean, just trying to be popular, it's kind of the the difference between the, uh, you know, a real actor and actress and the people that do the reality television. But, you know, we're not here to bash anybody at this particular point. So it's interesting to me that some of these biggest celebrities, the nicest and the ones that maybe weren't are maybe bitter that they're not the biggest celebrities. Maybe it's just easier. Maybe we should give them a pass because maybe it's easier to be nice once you're Reba or once you're Garth or once you're Kid Rock. Maybe it's harder when you're grinding for little pay and, uh, and not getting the attention that you want, not getting the album sales or what you will, because the record industry is a cesspool. And that's probably another podcast entirely. But let's just say that it's not fun to be an artist that's not big because they have a lot of bills. And when somebody gets an advance, I mean, you always see these big numbers. I was reading this stuff in like Rolling Stone or wherever I was reading it as a kid, where you'd be like, hey, this artist got a $500,000 advance to record their album. What you don't realize is the album probably cost a million bucks to make and you have to pay that back. So those big advances didn't always go anywhere. And there were a lot of artists who were selling a decent amount of records that I knew that really weren't making any money. So you have to understand that a lot of times you thought somebody was doing really good and they weren't. So I understand why these, you know, the big stars maybe are a little bit happier. You made it. You don't have to worry about money where you're uh, you don't have to worry where that next paycheck is coming from. So that is kind of an interesting thing with the music industry and 
celebrity, but there's other celebrities out there. And now, like we just said, Instagram, there's a lot of models out there that are trying to become popular on Instagram because, well, this is where it's happening now. People are getting, you know, singers are getting found on YouTube and it makes sense that models are being found on Instagram. But it's interesting because there's less need for models now because it used to be growing up, the Playboy models were the epitome of what was uh, a pointy chick, if we can use that terminology. Again, we've used it before and we stole it blatantly from uh, Larry from that Larry show, go to that Larry show.com. And he listens to this podcast. I don't know why he probably, uh, he thinks we're, we're saying good things and I appreciate that. Uh, so maybe we're a celebrity to him. He's kind of a celebrity to us. And this is where the celebrity mix kind of comes in with the internet. But when I uh, got married, I was doing websites and some of the first professional websites that I did were for playboy playmates. And again, this is something, maybe a world, that you would rather look at from the outside rather than the inside, kind of like the music business, because again, like everybody else, there are some Playboy models, really cool, really nice. Other ones, you know, kind of are falling down that douchebag scale. So you, you can't really lump anybody in a category based upon where their job takes them or what they do for a living. And I have to say it was an eye-opening experience, which ended with lawyers involved. But that is probably another podcast, again, that should maybe have a little bit of a dedicated thing there, because that was more of a case of coming to an understanding and working out a business arrangement and, uh, and then things falling through because uh, this particular girl thought uh, she deserved more for bringing in people. I mean, I understand giving a finder's fee, giving a percentage when somebody brings you business. That's, that's good business. That makes perfect sense. Uh, but sometimes the pointy chicks, things stop. I guess that pointy, the, if you, the pointy head, maybe the brain is just a little bit smaller. And when you start demanding for more than the whole price, the whole cost you were bringing in to bring your friends in to have a website done, I understand taking a percentage, but once you want like more than the whole amount, the economics didn't start working. And I have somewhere in a shoebox a, a few telephone messages that I saved for just for posterity, and I really should look for them. If anybody's interested, hit me up on Twitter. I should find them and, and post them here in, in a podcast because if you ever wanted to like do a story, uh, if you wonder, ever wanted to hear a Playboy Playmate lose her shit. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, because this was way back in the Wild West again. And when somebody pissed you off and you were the web guy and I was the web guy, you should still this is a still a very teachable moment for anybody out there. No matter what you're doing in life right now, if you have an IT guy at your company or somebody that's in charge of your website or anything like that, if your IT guy should be treated like gold because they can ruin your life. Just a little public service message there for you. So be nice to your IT guys. This little disagreement that we had got to the point to where I just said, fuck it, and pulled the plug on the website. That didn't make this girl happy. And the phone calls that, that uh, came from this are, are worthy just for the comedic effort alone. And I have to admit, this was now 20 some odd years ago. 
And it was not the way I would handle things today. I think I've matured a little bit. I hope my wife may disagree with that, but I think I've matured. I think I've calmed down, although you may disagree with that after hearing some of the rants in the in the previous episodes. But sometimes we do that for comedic effect and because I know it's entertaining because sometimes it's fun to hear somebody lose their shit. And in this case, this was fun to hear this particular playmate lose her shit. With that said, there were two or three other playmates that I had done websites for. Very, very nice. Very, uh, very intelligent, which is something that I don't think playmates then or now models overall get a whole lot of credit for. And I'm not really sure why. I mean, it's just because I guess they're pretty. Maybe you want to hate on them and figure they must not have a brain in their head. And sometimes that's true. But again, there's people without a brain in their head that are doing a lot of other jobs as well. Overall, the girls and women that I ran into who had uh, posed for Playboy overall had a very strong entrepreneurial spirit. It's amazing some of the businesses they've gone into. Uh, Some have sold real estate, started their own cosmetics businesses, everything, you know, under the sun. But not just going, hey, I'm sitting, you know, I'm not just a model. I'm not just an empty head. It's an interesting thing. So give models maybe a little bit more credit, too, as well. And again, don't judge that book by their cover. Celebrity overall, people just like you and me. There's good. There's bad. There's smart. There's dumb. There's crazy. And they're sane. Where do I fall in? I don't know. Let me know. I'm guessing probably more of the insane aspect. But, you know, I could be I could be entirely wrong. But it's interesting to me looking at social media now and people that, you know, I would consider celebrities. There are some that it's getting it's getting to be more and more common, I think, for people to be considered a celebrity that very, very few people know. And that's because of things like podcast, YouTube videos, Uh, I know I've mentioned him in a few other episodes of Marquez Brownlee, who has a YouTube channel, MKBHD, where he does different uh, reviews, especially on things like high-end cell phones. He did a review on a Tesla because once you get like 18 billion uh, viewers, I guess, on, on YouTube, every company in the world will send you their product in order for you to review it, even if it's a car from Tesla. And I think that's absolutely awesome. But a guy like him, there's, you know, my parents would have no idea who he is. And most, you know, people would have no idea who he is. But there's the millions of people that are following you on YouTube. You're definitely a celebrity. And that's at the high end, obviously, because there are some, I'm sure, musicians and uh, and authors who don't sell millions of copies and are considered a celebrity. And people that do podcasts are considered a celebrity. The guys over at the No Agenda show, John Dvorak, John C. Dvorak, have to put the middle name in there. Adam Curry, you know, former MTV VJ, if you will. And uh, John C. Dvorak wrote for PC Mag and all that. But see, those are the guys that I consider to be more of a celebrity because I'm listening to their shows. There's twice a week, the No Agenda Show. And if you really, as a blatant plug here, if you really want to know what's going on in the world and do you want to know how bad the media is covering everything, check out the No Agenda Show live Thursdays and Sundays. They're three-hour shows twice a week, and I listen to them nearly religiously because they're very informative and they're entertaining. But see, I consider those guys more of a celebrity now than, you know, uh, 
know, Snoop Dogg or Eminem or, well, not Taylor Swift, because I would probably get a little bit tongue tied around Taylor Swift because I am a Taylor Swift fan. If you've ever seen any of my uh, review videos, usually you'll see the Taylor Swift calendar and stuff behind me and the and the signed lithographs and stuff. So I am a Taylor Swift fan. And I guess I would have to definitely add her to that list of Springsteen and uh, and Paul McCartney. And probably also because, you know, she's like 5'11 and gorgeous. And that would probably, you know, I might be more calm meeting Springsteen. I'll just leave it at that. So it's interesting. What we're considering celebrity today has changed. The bar has gotten lower, and I think that's good in some points and bad in others. But I think the bottom line when looking at all this stuff is to realize people are people. Paul McCartney's got his own issues. You've got your own issues. I've got my own issues. And a lot of them are going to overlap because the experience that we're having here is fairly similar. I understand money can change a lot of different things, and, and, but it really doesn't change the overall experience. You have your family, you have things you care about, you have things that make you nuts, and we all deal with loss, we all deal with health issues, and to put somebody up too much of on a pedestal, I think, is a bad thing. It's great to enjoy what somebody's doing as far as if you're a writer, you're a musician, you're a podcaster, it's great to enjoy that. But I think it's also important to know you shouldn't expect to agree with everything your favorite author, podcaster, musician says. Because if you think that has to be the case, you're going to find absolutely nobody that you can remain a fan of because that's just never going to happen. Embrace the differences. You know, unless somebody's just totally being an asshole, then by all means, feel free to tear up the posters, burn the albums and all that. But overall, I wouldn't recommend that. I would kind of try to temper everything with a little bit of, hey, you never know. Somebody may be having a bad day. So if you run into your favorite celebrity and maybe they're not nice, you know, give them a pass. Maybe they're having a bad day. If you run into them a few times and they're an asshole, then as Raylan Givens said, in the the series Justified, which is absolutely a great series. If you've never checked out Justified, you got to watch it. There was one episode where he explained to a guy that he had in custody in his car, you know, if you run into an asshole in the morning, you've run into an asshole. If you're running into assholes all day, you're the asshole. <laughs> Let that sink in, right? Pretty deep for a... Uh, pretty deep for a television show, but Justified was one of the better ones. But I think that's something that we can apply to a lot of things in life. You could also apply it to your favorite celebrity. So I'm glad you're along with us for the ride on this Random Thoughts podcast. We're having a lot of fun doing it. We're trying to keep it going on a weekly basis. So let us know how we're doing. Give us an email at randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. If you can, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe. That certainly helps us out. You can do it. RSS feed is on the website, randomthoughts.com. And you can also find us on the Apple iTunes store and the Android uh, and the Android podcast store, the iTunes uh, podcast store, Android podcast store, random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts. Subscribe and review us if we can. Our last episode, if you missed that, go back and check it out. It was on reviews, and we tell you why you can believe some Amazon reviews and reviews online, but you should probably be a little a little questioning all of them. 
Let us know what you'd like us to talk about in future episodes. If you have any ideas, tell us what you like. Tell us what you hate. I'm guessing the hate might be more, but you know what? If you're still listening right now, you have to be liking something. So thanks for coming along for the ride. I appreciate it. And until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.